This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, covering management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for growing your law firm. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you today from Phuket, Thailand, where we have now been for, oh, I don't know, maybe three and a half weeks, something like that. Last week, we caught the dreaded COVID. Lisa got it, and, and she gave it to me, so I'm blaming the whole thing on her. Thankfully, for me, this was barely noticeable. We had been vaccinated a number of times, and I had minimal symptoms. She had a pretty good cold, but no complications, no difficulties. And we seem to have moved through it, so we'll be observing the rules in terms of isolation and that kind of thing. And then we'll be leaving Phuket and heading back up to Bangkok. Now, I say all of that like it's a certainty. All of us have been living with this virus, and if there's one thing we know, it's that we don't really know how things are going to work out. Traveling is especially complicated, so rules are always changing. There are factors that have to be considered. We've got to do our part to keep others safe, and we've got to keep ourselves safe. So I say we're leaving Phuket. We shall see. I'll report into you in a week. It's time for your tech tip. Use one computer. I talk to lawyers all the time who have three computers. They've got one at home, another at the office, a third that they carry around for some reason. Some don't have three, they just have two. Some have four. Now, when I say that they have two or three or four computers, I mean that those computers, they might be MacBooks or they might be PCs or they might be iPads or they might be other types of tablets. But basically, all of these machines today are comparable. They're all computers. Yes, some have keyboards and screens, and some just have screens, and different devices have different screen sizes. Some of us enjoy a really big screen, and some of us prefer special keyboards, but all of these devices do pretty much the same things, and they're all computers. So my tip for you today is use one, just one computer. I don't believe that you need all of these different devices. Now, I'm not an overly strict tech tipper. I'm willing to give you some latitude. So I'm not suggesting that you can't have a computer plus a smartphone, even though the reality is that a phone today is basically just another computer. It's technically redundant of all of your devices, but it's smaller and you can take it with you to the bathroom or you can sneak peeks at it under the table while you're in a meeting. So I'm okay with you having both a phone and a computer. You've got my permission to have in effect, two computers. But do you really need three or four or five? No. The answer is no. You don't need that many devices. When I start ranting about this, well, those folks who have all of these multiple devices, they get defensive. They explain why they're really more efficient and more effective with these devices scattered about their life. Well, I say bunk. Is bunk even still a word? I'm not sure. But I say bunk. That's what I say. These devices, all of them, they require attention and maintenance and charging and things go wrong with one or another. They all have problems that need to be fixed. They all have apps that need to be updated. They require a certain amount of mental bandwidth and each device requires a little more bandwidth. It's not efficient. What's efficient is having one device that you can carry with you. For me, 
that's a 14-inch MacBook Pro right now that I keep up to date, and I can use it without thinking about it. It's just an extension of my fingers. It's always within reach. If I happen to need a bigger monitor or a different keyboard for some reason, I can plug those into this device, or I can connect via Bluetooth, but I don't need a separate device. My life is simpler with one device, and your life will be simpler as well. I suggest that you use just the one device. Now, I'm not even addressing the cost savings that you achieve when you have just one device. I don't think that's necessary to make my case because of the time savings that you'll achieve when you're keeping one device up and running rather than a multitude of devices. That time savings creates a big economic benefit. So yes, as I said, you can have the phone for those moments when it's necessary, but you really don't need more than that one device, that one primary device that you use for getting work done and browsing the web and playing games or whatever it is that you do on it. Keep it simple. One device is more than enough. That's your tech tip. And now for your moment of concise advice. I watch restaurant managers, mostly in hotel breakfast rooms, because living in hotels, I spend an inordinate amount of time in those breakfast rooms. In hotels, I've noted that the managers spend considerable time each morning working the room. They go from table to table asking if things are okay and if the customer needs anything and just checking in to make sure that everything is going okay. And most of the diners in the restaurant, they nod and they smile and they say something quick like, oh, everything's great, or it's delicious, or whatever, but you get the idea. The feedback that the manager is getting is generic. It's not well thought through by the customer. It's not well considered, and the advice or information that the manager is getting is not particularly useful to the manager if he or she is actually interested in improving the experience of the restaurant. Now, recently, I watched a manager making her way through the room and asking different kinds of questions of the customers, and she got very different answers. I hadn't really noticed her approach until she ended up over at my table, and she said good morning. And then, instead of the usual, is everything all right type of question, I got a, how was the coffee this morning? Well, I responded by actually discussing the coffee that they serve in the restaurant. My response was, instead of the usual nod and smile and attempt to get her to move on to the next table, my response was actually thought about there for a moment. I sort of froze and realized, oh, this is an actual question that I need to answer. And I thought about my experience with the coffee, and I explained what I thought about the coffee in their restaurant. I gave her an honest answer to her question. Now, I, of course, stayed in this same hotel for three more weeks because that's what we do. And so I got to observe this manager doing her thing for quite a while. Her questions were all over the place. She asked different customers different things every morning. She asked about the jam and about the chocolate croissants and the egg preparation station. She asked people to compare this breakfast to other hotels that they'd visited. And she asked about what they'd like to see on the buffet that wasn't on the buffet right now. 
she was very specific in her questions. And then she actually listened to the responses. She took notes. She was writing the answers down. I realized that she was asking every customer for feedback every day, always with a different twist, with a different question, with a different inquiry. And before I left the hotel, I noticed that some of the things in the breakfast room had actually changed. The potatoes were different. The tea area, the tea station, it changed. The jam selection expanded, and suddenly there were waffles, which I will tell you were quite delicious. So she was asking different questions, and she was getting different kinds of responses. She wasn't getting the generic, it's all good, thank you very much kind of responses. She was getting actual feedback that helped her to see the way to improve the hotel experience. Now, all of us think that we want feedback about our practices, about our businesses, and I suppose that we recognize that we need feedback, that that's a quick path to doing a better job for our clients. But we also know that if we ask for feedback generically, well, then we can avoid painful responses. Asking for feedback generically generally prevents a client from telling us something we don't want to hear. And the reality is that we are machines. We are driven to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And I get it. I feel that way too. Lots of mornings, if I were a restaurant manager, I'd really rather just hear something like, thanks, the breakfast is delicious. I don't want to hear about how miserable they are with the toaster that doesn't work or whatever. And so as lawyers, we're smart enough to know that when we ask clients for feedback, that Clients are polite. They're busy. They're not particularly invested in helping us improve our businesses. So if we ask safe questions, well, we're going to get safe answers. But asking safe questions and getting safe answers, it doesn't help us to improve our business. Realistically, we may not want to hear that the coffee service should be improved or more to our situation that the associate that we hired is terrible and that the other law firm down the road has a great client portal and we don't. Criticism is unpleasant. It's hard to listen to. Even constructive criticism, it just doesn't feel good. And the reality is that feedback means we've got to do more work to fix things. And we're already busy. We're already at the red line. We are on overload much of the time. But if you want to improve, if you want to build a better law firm, then asking the right questions will get you helpful answers. Framing your questions better, getting specific, that will get you the ideas that you need for delivering a better client experience. The truth is that even when we're not doing it all right, most of our clients don't want to tell us that we're doing it wrong. They really are mostly polite. They probably assume that we're doing the best that we can, but feedback makes us better. It makes our businesses stronger. It's what we need. I'd encourage you to push yourself. I'd encourage you to jump in, to ask better questions, even though they'll sometimes elicit feedback that you really don't want to hear. Asking better questions, that's how you make your law firm better. And that's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Phuket, thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. I hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there, I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management, and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen. Thanks for listening to Your Law Firm. 
Visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules all successful law firms follow.